Jim Crockett Promotions presents Ric Flair's Last Match, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. StarCast Weekend in Nashville, bringing wrestling companies together for one of the most unique cards ever assembled. Main evented by Ric Flair's Last Match. Tickets are on sale right now at rickflairslastmatch.com. And you can catch the show live streaming on pay-per-view and Fight TV for only $34.99. Ric Flair's Last Match. Walk in that aisle one more time for the last time. StarCast is presented in part by ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts designed and sold by over 2,500 pro wrestlers. By Lenny Bakken, certified financial planner. And by Powerbomb Pizza. Pizza crafted and sold by pro wrestlers. Powerbomb Pizza, powered by Kitsch Data. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. It made national headlines when it was announced that Ric Flair would be returning to the ring for one last match. And the story that unfolds leading up to that match will be told every Monday this month at 6.05 Eastern. We invite you to come along and witness the Nature Boy's path back to the ring for his last match. The behind-the-scenes discussions, the workouts, the promotion, the ups and downs, the blood, sweat, and tears, which will all culminate on Sunday, July 31st at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. When Ric Flair will step through those ropes and enter a JCP ring for one last match. Mondays, 605 Eastern, Ric Flair's last match.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. We'll be discussing July of 2002, 20 years ago. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great, man, and uh, it's great to see you. We're uh, peek behind the curtain. We're recording a little early for this episode because you and the family are headed to the Bahamas. Isn't that right? Not me and the family, me and the wife. Oh! 10-year anniversary. <laughs> Hey, congratulations, man. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. We're going to be down there alone. <laughs> oh, no wonder you're so excited then. I got the text the other day and you were like, shit, Paul, there's terrible internet connection in the Bahamas. So we got to get this one in early. And I gotta just get figured, it out of the way. And the wife didn't want me to do a podcast down there anyway. <laughs> oh, no, your attention needs to be on her, pal. So I totally get it. But, uh, man, uh, that's awesome. We hope you and Giovanna have a great time. Happy anniversary. So very cool. 10 years already. My goodness. <laughs> but, uh, buddy, listen, we are, we're going to jump into it this week, July, 2002. Uh, we're 
coming off last week, we talked about Jason Jordan, that whole mess of an angle uh, that really didn't quite work out the way we all hoped. Uh, so this is a bit of a relief. We're going to talk about a big time high point in your career. Does that sound good, buddy? Oh, it sounds great. I mean, this match is one of my favorite uh, triple threat matches of all time. I wrestled the rock in undertaker and the match was incredible. That's right, man. We're talking about the build up to vengeance 2002 today and that big payoff, that big match. Uh, that's the main event of the show rock and the WWE champion, the undertaker, but we're immediately coming off of the king of the ring pay-per-view, which you and I talked about. That's when you made Hulk Hogan freaking tap out brother. <laughs> and, uh, this is the first SmackDown after this it's in Chicago. And that night, John Cena, you can't see me made his big debut. You accepted his challenge. Uh, we talked about that uh, in, on the John Cena episode a few weeks back. And now, can you believe it? That 20-year anniversary has happened. Did you happen to see any of the John Cena tribute show they did with his 20 years in the company on Raw? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, his greatest moments in 20 years. Uh, they had a lot of interviews of former WWE superstars that John Cena wrestled that talked about talked highly about John. It was a really good show. Now that's awesome, man. It's hard to believe already 20 years in the WWE for John. So time flies, I guess, when you're having it fun, does, buddy. Definitely. So listen, you've ditched the goofy wig. And later on that same SmackDown, we see the start of the build to vengeance. Were you happy to finally get rid of that stinky, scuzzy wig? <laughs> yes, I was. The thing stunk so badly. And it was a pain he asked to keep on my head. Wearing that headgear over top of it. It just sucked, man. I really, I loathe. Uh, wrestling every night with that on. It's hard to believe that that was the only thing holding it on. When you revealed that on the show, I'm like, my God, I can't believe that. Just, it just held it on the entire time. So it's amazing. huh? Yeah. Well, listen, if you remember, you had defeated uh WWE champion, the undertaker in a non-total match the previous week. And now you interrupt taker during a promo, making fun of him. And you challenge the winner of the upcoming total match with taker versus Jeff Hardy for next week's SmackDown and buddy, Let's have a look at what happened. Clip one this week. You challenging the dead man, The Undertaker. You talk about a blowhard. I am this. I am ass. I did this. I did that. All you do is talk, 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 talk. Well, Undertaker, I'm a man of action. Oh, it's true. You know, Kurt, you're a punk. Oh, man. Okay. You're not going to break my concentration. Oh, no. I'm out here for one reason. You have a match Monday night on Raw, a ladder match for the title against Jeff Hardy. Why you would accept that, I have no idea. But if you can get by Jeff Hardy, I'm asking you. Will you accept my challenge to a match with the title on the line next week on SmackDown? You and me for the title on SmackDown. Well, Kurt, I got a motto. And it goes something like this. Why put off kicking somebody's ass next week when I can do it right now? <laughs> there we go. And you know, the Undertaker leads every word he says. Kurt ain't going to back down. Well, 
Taker, I just had a tune-up match, and I'm not really ready, you know, for a match tonight. I, I was wrong. I just had a match before. Tune-up. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's slick. A tune-up match. Yeah. That's what you call that? Yeah. Hell, boy, you almost got beat by a damn rookie. <laughs> Hold on a second. Don't change the subject. I'm talking about a match against you next week on SmackDown for the title. Will you accept my challenge or not? Let me make this real clear. Anytime, anywhere, anyhow, it's on, man. That's pretty clear. Okay, well, now that we have that out of the way, let's put all hostilities aside, okay? I just want to know if you'll give me the opportunity to touch the title. I just want to know what I'm fighting you for, that's all. May I, may I, and I'm asking you, Taker, may I hold the WWE title? Kurt loves gold. He loves to touch gold. You've never seen it before. Never had it in your hand. Well, I'll tell you what, I normally wouldn't do this, Kurt. But uh, feel free. Because that right there is as close as you'll ever come to having that title. Slap on the ankle lock at any time. So, Kurt, here you are. You're in the ring with Taker. He's the American badass version. Did you have a preference? Did it matter to you at all? Badass, the the dead man? You know what? He was actually different. Undertaker as the American badass was more up-tempo, a little quicker, a little faster paced. Undertaker was more methodical and slow, but I absolutely love working with both of them. Undertaker was one of the best workers in the business ever. Yeah. And it's so cool just to see you kind of going toe-to-toe, head-to-head with uh, with the big man there. So listen, at this time, you guys are on the road. You're running split shows between SmackDown and Raw. Was there a real competition between the boys on who's doing better business back then? You know what? Not that I recall. Nobody ever compared ratings. Was SmackDown better than Raw? Were Raw better than SmackDown? I will say this. Raw was the flagship show, so most of the boys wanted to be on Raw. I preferred SmackDown because I thought it was more of a wrestling show. Uh, but for the most part, I don't think anybody really kept tabs. Okay. Well, listen, uh, just a few months into the brand extension here, what did you think of it overall? Um, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. What Vince McMahon told all of us at that particular time was that actors, when they're on TV shows, they air those shows air once a week. And he felt like we were overexposed because we were being aired twice a week on Raw and SmackDown. So Kurt Angle, Undertaker, The Rock, they we would all be on Raw and SmackDown twice a week. And he felt it was overexposure. So he decided to split the brands and only have one, you know, you wrestle on one show yeah. and somebody else wrestle on the other show. 
Well, it's nice too, because it just gave more opportunity for guys that maybe Definitely. not even That's the next thing I was going to say is more yeah. opportunity for the boys, more jobs for the boys. You're exactly yeah. right. Always a good thing. Gives you a chance to do some different styles, make, create your own brand concept, form of creative, come up with some different ideas. And, uh, and you know, they say it's not competitive, but let's, let's be honest. Somebody, whether if it's not the wrestlers, the guys that are writing creative, somebody's keeping an eye on the ratings and they want to be the best show. You just can't help it. I would imagine so. Definitely. Come on. So the July 4th edition of SmackDown was taped in Boston and buddy, this is one that you've talked about before. There's a bit of a mess up in the finish of your match with Taker as you had to retape it. You've mentioned it here on the show. Let's read. Let's talk a little bit about what Dave Meltzer said in the observer. He said after the show had ended and the building cleared out, they taped the second ending shooting tight and just filling in seats right in front of the camera. In the original ending, Undertaker tapped out to a triangle choke before the ref counted three, with Angle getting his shoulder up, with the idea that he deserved to win. The other refs would explain Angle got his shoulder up after Tony Chimmel's first announcement was that Undertaker had won the match. Then he would announce it as a draw because of the botched call. Kurt, let's take a look and watch closely when the camera zooms in tight when you have the triangle choke on Taker. Plus, uh, we'll see all the confusion afterwards. Here we go. No time in his cold. It could be time for the last line. It's the angle is up high. And look at this. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's. It looks like he's countering. He's got his legs locked. His legs are locked. It's a triangle choke. That's a triangle choke. It's a jiu-jitsu hole. The Undertaker trying to combat the triangle choke. The big right hand into a choke of his arm. The Undertaker. The Undertaker, his face turning a beat red. The Undertaker trying to gain some leverage. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I think the no, I think the Undertaker just pinned Kurt Angle. Well, I don't know about that. I think the Undertaker just tapped out. I think, I think we might have a new undisputed champion in Kurt Angle. Well, I see your point. The Undertaker. Well, it looked like he did tap out, but the referee was counting the one, two, three first, and. Well, I believe the pitfall, well, the pitfall would take precedent. Well, I see your point, but where I'm from, once a man taps out, he's admitting he lost the match. The winner of this match is... I think referee Mike Chioda said, wait a minute. I think the referee, the referee's confused. Undertaker looks nervous. I think Kurt Angle's won the title. Mike Sparks claims Kurt Angle's won the title. Fourth of July, Angle wins it. Well, that's so fast. Referee Jimmy Cornelius awards the match to The Undertaker. What the hell is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, referee Mike Yoda's official decision. This match is a draw. Wow. All right. Talk to us. Tell us all about what you remembered, buddy. 
you know what? It wasn't that bad. No. You you really you really couldn't see it though. It was really hard. You'd have to put the camera in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have a VCR and you're watching it, you're gonna have to slow it down to see if that what really happened. But I think you know what happened was it wasn't clear enough, so we had to do it over again. And was this a Vince call then? Oh yeah, we got in the back. And Vince is like, "You're doing it over again. We're gonna wait till everybody leaves this arena. You're gonna do it at like two in the morning." <laughs> it was crazy. And, and, and uh, what yeah, they did ahead. is they set up. Um, they fed all the WWE employees that were there. They put them in the corner of the arena because there were no fans. So they made them look like WWE fans, and they shot a, a camera shot from the other side of the ring that showed the fans. And Undertaker and I were in the ring, and the fans were in the background. It was crazy, dude. And without your explanation, and you know, guys like Meltzer, nobody would ever know the difference just watching that on TV. No, you, you're absolutely right. You're definitely right. That's crazy, man. And uh, listen, you guys are essentially both heels at this point. This is one of the best matches before this fin- this weird finish at the time between the two of you, man. It looked like you really had a good time working with Undertaker, brother. I did. I absolutely did. You know, being heel versus heel, um, you know, with Undertaker, because he was in the business so long, anytime I worked with him, the fans always cheered him over me. And I, I don't blame them for that. That's, you know, we were both heels at the time, but Undertaker you know, putting in uh, at that point in time, like 20 years. So yeah, if you're going to pick someone to shit on, I mean, it's, it's gotta be Kurt angle. I the mean, Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> especially back in those years, the one that won a gold medal for his country. <laughs> when you put it that way, Kurt, oh man, but he's the undertaker, man. He's, he's beloved undertaker. So listen, we have a draw with you and taker and Vince then announced on July 8th raw that it will be you versus taker versus the rock in a three-way match for the title of vengeance we move on to the july 11th smackdown that was taped in atlantic city and featured the return of the great one the rock but first taker confronted you and jericho in a hilarious segment buddy and we got it here for you to check out let's take a look It isn't the man who's holding my championship. It's got my name on it. I have a question for you, Taker. When's the last time you tapped? Oh, wait a minute. It was last week when I made you tap. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you got it all wrong, Kurt. It was one, two, three, the way I see it. No, no, no. I made you tap. No. You got beat. One, two, three. First of all, the tap supersedes the pin. I made you tap before you got the pinfall. I'm the winner. Yeah, don't you know the rules, Taker? Yeah, huh? don't you know the rules? I know I'm the undisputed champion. <sighs> undisputed champion. I think we should change your name from Undertaker to the Under Tapper. <laughs> yeah. That's what you think? Come on, Kurt, get off. Get the hell out of here. Come on. What the hell? Knock it off, Kurt. Dude, you and Chris Jericho were hilarious together. Chris was hilarious. Chewing that gum and Undertaker, Undertapper. Yeah, the Undertapper and just cocky and arrogant and you two just chuckling off. Such such, uh, comedy chops by both of you, and that was a fun one. Now, listen, there's another great segment which we got between you and Rock. Um, We're going to watch a little bit of that, too. This This is so much gold back in the day.
just can't place who you remind me of. Because, actually, well, you kind of look like this guy, Kurt Angle, the last time The Rock was here. Kind of, I, I just, I can't picture it. You dress like Kurt Angle. You look a lot different. You look like, let me see, uh, did, did you change your cologne or something? You look different. Hold on. No, no, you still wear the same old Calvin Klein donkey nuts. That smell. Uh, I don't know what it is. Well, you got a big A on your chest right there. What's that A mean? What's the A stand for? Well, I guess it might stand for that. It might stand for that. A, anus, something like that. I mean, what? What's the sample? What? What's the sample? The A stands for ankle. Kurt Angle. The next undisputed. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Rock just figured it out. Exactly. I probably know what's different about you. Somebody got a haircut. <laughs> All the stars came out tonight, baby. You got The Rock, Buster Rhymes, and Dr. Evil himself. We're all here. Oh, that's real cute, Rock. I hate to break it to you, but you're yesterday's news. You think you're so cool and popular. Well, there's a new number one man around here, Rock. Me! SmackDown is now officially Kurt Angle's show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You should have seen it last week. The fans on the 4th of July waving the American flag in support of me. You know, you think you're so great. You think you're so great, Rock. Because you won the Teen Choice Award? Big deal! Teens love me! They line up around the block just to get my autograph. Do you have any idea what my autograph goes for, huh, Rod? Yeah, I can pretty much get a guess. How about the One million dollars! <laughs> Something like that. Okay, that does it. That does it, Rock. All right? I've had enough. You know, I thought when you came back, you would have grown up a little bit, but you haven't. You're like a little freaking child. But I'll tell you what, you're lucky I have a match tonight. But this is what I'm saying. Next week on SmackDown... That's right. I don't want to wait till vengeance. Next week on SmackDown, you and me one-on-one. Whoa. And Rock, I know you can sing, but next week, I'm going to make you tap. Smackdown. Week before vengeance. Is that what you want? 
Well, The Rock officially says it's on. But there's something, there's something The Rock wants to bring to your attention. You see, because everybody here tonight, they didn't pay their hard-earned money to see The Rock whoop your ass next week. No, 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 no. You see, The Rock is talking about tonight. Tonight, 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 tonight! Well, that's just too bad, because they're going to have to wait. Oh! Dude, how much fun did you have doing these skits with The Rock? The Rock is the most entertaining guy in the business, period. He's the funniest guy in the business, period. That guy is amazing. I love doing promos with him <laughs> and wrestling one, him in matches. One million dollars, Kurt. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. I had a good setup for it. Uh, you know how much my photo goes for? <laughs> Listen, and now he uh, he goes ahead and shaves his, his head bald. So, you know, yes, he's he part did, of the club. In Hollywood. He's, He's part of the club. So, but you got an, I mean, having the rock back though, at this point in time, it just feels like dare I say a jolt of electricity back into the brand. Does it not? Oh yeah. The fans get excited when Rock comes back and the ratings go up. They definitely do. <laughs> you got that right. Their cheers get loud. The ratings grow up and go up. It's just the big fan for everybody. Uh, and even just him picking on that red slinglet, man, whatever. I don't know what it is about that thing. I think you popped the blue chew before you walked out there in that red <laughs> slinglet, man, that thing's like saran wrap on you, but dude, this is good shit. The main event of that show, Taker and John Cena defeat you and Jericho, uh, with rock laying both you and Taker out to close the show, getting some revenge for Taker and uh, leaving him laying in. In the clip that we just saw and you can tell the company had big plans for john cena buddy uh he's in there with you three early on and when putting this match together are you three encouraging him to contribute I or ideas or is this one of those listen kid just shut up and <laughs> and follow what we're doing out here you know what john knew better um we would allow him to put his two cents in if he wanted to but john was very respectful I think he knew his position in the company at that particular time. I think he knew his place and he was pretty quiet, but um, I don't blame him. If I were in the same position as him, I would have done the same. One thing you don't want to hit you suddenly, and that is an annoying car repair. And Kurt, that is where Car Shield can help. Car Shield makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs, and they can help you too. And that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. That plan covers more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose a mechanic, and CarShield's administrators will handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches you're taking care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast -coast roadside assistance. You can't beat it. 
CarShield's administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursements at no extra cost. This is too good to be true. So get coverage today and you'll lock in your price now and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your own car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So, Kurt, the go-home SmackDown was taped in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and the main event was The Rock defeating you, Kurt, via DQ and lots of chaos at the end with The Undertaker. We got the clip. Let's watch it. The clip of the go-home SmackDown and all the chaos, buddy.
So there it is, Kurt. You're the last man standing on that one. Was there any talk, do you remember, of possibly making you the champ at Vengeance instead of The Rock? <laughs> Not at that particular time. I think they wanted to bring The Rock back and make him champion. And I do believe that um, I was in that match particularly to do the job. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think they wanted to protect Undertaker. It was early in my career, and it was a great feature match to be a part of. And I think what they wanted to do beforehand was the week before I put Taker in the ankle lock briefly and then let it go to show that I was dangerous. And then I got Rock in the ankle lock, and he tapped out. And it showed that my ankle lock could be dangerous at any particular time. So they were trying to send that message to the fans. But at the same time, I was in the match to do the job. <laughs> well, hey, that was the role that, that was assigned to you, and you did it well. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But I want to talk a little bit more about The Rock. Did you notice any difference in The Rock with his work here in O2 compared to when he was on the road regularly? Any hesitation from him as he's getting into Honestly, this? Honestly, uh, no. Uh, okay. You know, he was always on. Anytime he came back, even if he left for four, five, six, eight months, he'd come back and he'd be on. I don't know how his cardiovascular always stayed up and, uh, you know, his, his wrestling skills were always good. He was never off. Yeah, man. Just another guy too, that I would love. You got to work with him quite a bit, but again, I can never get enough of Kurt angle and rock interaction, not only in the <laughs> ring, but on the stick, bro. I mean, some of that stuff, we were entertaining cool. together. <laughs> you were you Jericho, you rock all you guys, man. Such a great era for wrestling. We had some and fun. Well, listen, we've made it. We're here. It's Vengeance 2002. It took place on July 21st from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, before the, we get to the match, though, before it even happens, something historic occurs. It's the first tease of you versus Brock Lesnar in a backstage segment as Brock will be facing the winner of tonight's match at SummerSlam next month. Kurt, we have this clip, this tease. Uh, let's take a look at it. Allow me the honor, sir, of introducing you to your opponent at SummerSlam, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? The next big thing? It's true. One Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, and the next WWE Undisputed Champion. Nice to meet you. Kurt, on behalf of Brock, it's such an honor just to be standing here talking to you. You have been such an inspiration. Save it, Paul. I heard you give the same old song and dance to Taker last week. Now we have one thing to say. Brock, I'd love to face you at SummerSlam. Intercontinental champion versus undisputed champion. But if you even think about messing with me the way you did Taker last week, I will take you down so fast, you won't know what hit you. See, this isn't the summer of Brock. It's all year angle. Got it? Good luck tonight, Kurt. Boy, he's full of himself. I hate pompous people. I hate pompous people. Love it. But Kurt, I'm going to, I'm going to just gonna say body language, the way that you're facing him, he's looking down at you, trying to be all intimidating. And I know this is all part of the script, et cetera, but buddy, there's no back down in your face at all. <laughs> you're saying what you believe and it's written all over your face. You're not intimidated one bit. 
by him. Really? You? you think so? I, I mean, it so. is. I was really unconfident back then. Real? Uh, shut oh. up, Kurt. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, I love it because it just showed how confident you were and whether this is shoot, whether this is real, I'm fucking Kurt Angle. It's that look in your eye. You know what? The, this is what Vince wanted to do. He knew that Brock and I were going to go WrestleMania the following year. And what he wanted to do is have some pass bys in the hallway of Brock Perfect. and I just talking for a second. We did this for a few months. And Low it, burn. it was a really cool build up to it. Man, I just wish that there would be that much foresight in today's product to do some slow burn stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The slow burn always works really good. It's uh, always better. Yeah, and it was just a little drip. I mean, how long was that? 45 seconds? But that was enough seconds, to get yeah. people excited about a dream match potential. Oh, God, so good. And, and I know you're, we've talked about, it. you got to be excited with the prospect of working with Brock at that point, right? Oh, gosh, man. He, he tore it up in college. He was a great amateur wrestler. And I was, I was told down in NXT, he was tearing it up there and yeah. his wrestling skills were awesome. So I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get a hold of him. Mm. Um, I, I didn't know how he was going to be on the microphone, you know, speaking and doing pre-tapes and promos. Uh, but he carried himself pretty good, especially for as young as he was, but he was incredible in the ring. I loved working with Brock. And it, oh, it definitely helped, uh, Paul Heyman being there mouthpiece. Especially. Oh yeah. Paul yeah. was definitely a great mouthpiece for Brock. Definitely. And even up until recently, but you can see too, now Brock's at the point where he doesn't have to say much to be impressive with the mic. He never had to. He's yeah. just like Undertaker. He just has to say a few words. That's it. Yeah. And fans are going to eat it up and he sounds, and he's a badass and that's all, all he needs to be. So there you go. Well, Kurt, listen, it's time to tell you about something that I'm super passionate about. I know you are too. And that's protecting our families, man. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to us, this is really about peace of mind. I want you to think about insurance for a second as you listen to this podcast. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. We may from time to time, but let me let you in on a little secret. You're going to need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com, and I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would have to be going through if they did not have life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. What are you waiting for? Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of giving, uh, getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than, listen to this, 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. How good is that? You start the online application immediately and you even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They sent someone right to my office. I skipped all the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time, and you can get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application and a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. I'm telling you, it's peace of mind. Well, Kurt, we have the finish of Vengeance, and let's watch it before we kind of go through what Meltzer had to say about it. So in our final clip of the week, here it is, the Vengeance main event.
Baker barely able to counter. I don't even see how he's able to stand up. How is he going to be able to do this? And now the Undertaker. Is it going to lose? Wait a minute. Angle's going to A triangle choker. A triangle choker. Angle's going to choke the Undertaker out here. He may take a tackle for with this. Undertaker trying to get the pin, but the Undertaker losing oxygen. He's got his hands in between the legs. Undertaker is trying to counter. There's a cover, a count, a near fall. But the longer the Undertaker fights it, the harder he fights it. Oh my God. The quicker he's going to go down. Oh my God. My God, that's inhuman. That is in God human. Where did he get that? Oh, he's got it. Right back with that triangle. A triangle choke. Yeah, he's really got a sixth in. This is it. He's got a tap. The Undertaker's on undisputed title. Hanging in the balance here. This damn near over. He's got a tap. This war is almost over. Oh, wait a minute. He's out. He's out. One more time and he's out. Her name is the And the rock. What? The rock stopped it. The Undertaker's arm, you got to believe, was going to drop for the third and final time. But the rock stopped it. Uh-oh. Watch it, Kurt. Jim Ross has lungs left at this point. <laughs> he screams and yells, man. It's he's a got, war! Yeah, he's got a lot of power in that voice. My God, and that, trust me, I know. I get to hear it almost on a weekly basis on his podcast. But, buddy, there was nobody that could sell it better than that, man. He was such a storyteller. But let's talk about selling for a second because The Undertaker, as a big man, 
He took your angle slam like nobody else. I mean, yeah. so easy, easy it looked. Yeah, he was always light on his feet. Uh, you never had to horse him up. He he get up so smooth. Easily. Yeah. So smooth. So let's hear, uh, let's hear a little bit of what Meltzer had to say about it. And buddy, he loves you. Okay. The main <laughs> event was one of the, those classic matches that make shows almost by themselves while Kurt angle was the star in the match. Do you want me to read that again? Yes. Okay. While Kurt angle was the star in the match <laughs> where rock became the first seven time world champion in company history, the performances of all involved, as well as the announcing shouldn't go unnoticed. See, he even says it here. Some complained JR about over. Oh man. He was something else. Some complained about the finish where rock used the rock bottom on angle rather than the undertaker, the defending champ in two weeks, we should have a better idea. It would have been preferable for rock to beat the champ for the title, unless they're saving a rock versus undertaker match for TV where rock beats him as well with undertaker, having the excuse of never really having lost the belt. If they aren't going in that direction, it was just an easy way out booking. So you talked about it. You were there to take the loss, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. I wasn't told that I could just read read the writing on the wall. Yeah. And it's definitely, you're the fall guy. We're going to call you the fall guy in that match. <laughs> and, uh, were you surprised though, that you, cause think about this. We had just a few weeks ago talked about the big tap out victory over Hogan a month before. And then, you know, kind of, you know, goes by, <laughs> by the wayside here, buddy. Well, you know what? We were the main event of that pay-per-view. It was a great feature match. It put me in a great feature match early in my career. True. So I'll take it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you're losing any shine. No, no, not at all. Being in the ring with those two guys. Yeah, yeah. That was you're, good. You're, to me. you're still elite. Uh there you go. So let's talk about a three-way match. As you said, hey man, this is the best three-way match I've ever been in. How hard are three-way matches to put together? If you can just kind of break it down for our listeners. Well, there's a lot of memorization. I mean, you know, you have three people in that match, but mo for the most part, two people are only wrestling. The other person's outside the ring selling or down in the ring selling. So you have to have incredible timing because when somebody gets somebody into a false finish, the other guy has to come in and make the break up the count and then continue on the match with one of the two wrestlers that he broke up the count with. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't really improvise that much. You can only uh, improvise uh, for a little bit of time when you're in the ring with one guy. But for the most part, you have to plan the whole entire match out from beginning to end. Uh, Meltzer has a few more comments here that I want to read to you. He said, uh, rock won the WWE title over undertaker by pinning Kurt angle in 1935, a hell of a well-booked and well-worked match. They did several spots where one guy would be injured. So the other two could just work with each other rather than coordinate among three, which is more difficult angle, uh, was wearing a new ring outfit. Okay. So there you go. You broke out some camouflage, new, some new duds. That's right. That's that blue, red, and white uh, camouflage. And listen to this. I just want to tell you a quick story. That camouflage was red, white, blue, and gold. And I put it in the dryer and the gold turned pink. <laughs> so that's why I had red, white, blue, and pink. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know whatever happened to that slinglet? Cause did you, I don't remember, recall. I gave it to a charity. I, I have no idea where it went. That's cool. Well, listen, so you got the new outfit with the bald head. He looks like a new guy, but luckily wrestles like the same old guy. Well, yes. 
Isn't that nice, Dave? He said, and Undertaker was injured first. Good choice. And Rock and Angle tore the place up like old times. Rock uh, walks right in and doesn't miss a beat. That's exactly what you said earlier. Angle suplexed Rock all over the place. Started using each other's moves. He would go on just to talk about what we saw there with the finish. But overall, Kurt, he gave it four and a half stars. Nice. Meltzer definitely loved the match. Um, we only watched the ending, but what an amazing match. So rock will go on to defend against Lesnar at SummerSlam, which we are all aware, all of us, you know, wrestling nerds that love wrestling and and we do, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and it's kind of crazy to think though, that Brock is in the same spot today, getting ready to go to SummerSlam wrestling for the title 20 years later, this time it's Roman Reigns. Isn't that crazy, dude? Well, you know what? I will say this. He was in his early 20s when he started. So I I imagine he's now in his early 30s so or early 40s. So, I mean, it is possible. (laughs) He just turned 45. I know that because Brock and I were both born in 1977. Good, good. You're 45 too. I'll be 45 in September. Uh, Also born in 77, John Cena. Nice. So John Cena's 45 too. 45, uh, Jeff Hardy. 1977. Well, I have news for all of you. That's when things start going downhill. (laughs) (laughs) There's the public service announcement from Kurt Angle. My work skills started going. Your life is screwed, guys. (laughs) I love it. So uh, the new ring outfit, got a couple questions. You talked about that. Is that just something you were like, hey, I want something brand new. I like camo. How'd that I had a great costume lady named Yolanda, and she decided to make a camouflage singlet out of red, white, and blue. And she was like, do you mind if I put gold on there because you want a gold medal? I said, of course. I want everything, red, white, blue, and gold. So she she was awesome. Um, I will say this, and I shouldn't say this on the show, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, She charged me. A lot of money for it and there was a lot of labor hours yeah. so i understood but the company got hold of it and thought she charged too much and they let her go <gasps> that oh, i Yolanda. didn't i didn't want that to happen i loved her Kurt, i'm not sure go, why dude. that happened but they let her go because she charged too much for that singlet isn't that so- crazy yeah, that's great. So are you the one who tells the company this is what she charged me? Because are there what are they reimbursing? Supposed to reimburse? I don't know. I don't know if someone saw the the um receipt. Okay. And uh when when I was holding it in my hand when she gave it to me, uh there were other people there, but I didn't say anything. And I heard she got let go because of that. Oh my god, dude. Now the whole podcast is about Yolanda. <laughs> And we're all crying for <laughs> Yolanda, and we're saying, Kurt, Angle, I felt you suck. You suck. I did not want that to happen. Way to go. And poor Yolanda has been looking for a job ever since. What a nightmare. <laughs> and don't say that. I'm kidding. Wow, man. Well, hopefully Yolanda's out there stitching her little fingers to the bone and just making as much money as she can. I, I doubt she's so. doing any red, white, and blue and gold camouflage anymore. <laughs> Oh my, what was it aligned in gold, real actual gold? That's insane. Hey, I can't imagine how many hours it took her. Oh, that, dude, that looked really difficult to put together. Wow, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go this way, but that's fun. <laughs> Listen, guys, if you want to see Kurt watch this match back in its entirety, go to adfreeshows.com. It's a bonus show. Kurt and John Alba, they're going depth while watching the entire match together. So check it out. Kurt, we have some fan questions before we get out of here this week. Thank you, man. This has been another, I love these early WWE days, man. 
Me too. The matches are great, but the comedy and the storylines getting there are so fun and so well done. You do such a great job. Uh, We're going to start with Two Count Kyle, our buddy. He says, Kurt, this is one of my favorite matches of yours. It's so much fun. Triple threats can be awkward and must be hard for you to compete in, but when they work, man, they really work. And I love the dynamic and chemistry between all of you in this one, especially using each other's finishers. Whose idea was it for you all to steal each other's finishers? Ding, ding, ding. The <laughs> Olympic idea. gold medalist. There you go. Yes. I told The Rock to do the choke slam, Undertaker to do the angle slam, and I did the rock bottom. And it was my idea. And I'm going to take all the credit for it right now. <laughs> As you should. This is your show. You get to say, you can take credit for anything you want, pal, on here. And there's nobody here to do It's my you. show. That's right. So it is Kurt's idea. All right. Michael McClanahan is up next boy genius. And he says from in-ring psychology, from an in-ring psychology standpoint, what are Kurt's thoughts on a champion being able to lose their title in a triple threat match without being involved in the deciding fall? So how do you feel well, about that? It kind of sucks, but you know, it, uh, that's what continues on storyline. So let's just say that the champion doesn't lose, but he, he loses the title. Yeah. Like he said earlier, they still have a gripe. That champion that lost the title has a gripe and he can, he can ask for a rematch with the guy that won the title from him. So it just continues on the storyline. Makes all the sense in the world when you're writing episodic TV, soap opera style, you know, sport, if you will. Uh, Matt Godfrey's up next. He says, what or who or yeah, he wants to know who the agent is that put together your triple threat match. Do you remember who you worked with on that one? I believe it was Pat Patterson and Johnny Laurinaitis. They okay. were both incredible at putting matches together. They assisted us in our matches. We came up with most of the ideas, though. All right. Yambag Jones says, what hurt more, taking a choke slam or the rock bottom? Oh, the choke slam. I mean, you, you're you out of control when you go up. Uh, you know, rock bottom he has you close inside his body. Yeah, he goes tough. down and bumps with you. Yeah. When someone bumps with you, the bump isn't as, as uh, abrasive. When you do the choke slam, he doesn't come down with you. You go down by yourself. You're taking the whole bump by yourself, and it's really difficult. It'll it'll make you shit your pants. <laughs> okay, so let's do it. Did you shit your pants when you took a a, a couple times? Slam? I did. Okay, right here at Kurt Angle Show, he shit his pants on choke slams. Awesome. <laughs> I love the show. Brad Stanton's up next. Would you have rather faced the undertaker one-on-one? I always want to face anyone one-on-one. I prefer one-on-one matches over triple threat matches any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Okay. Answer is yes, Brad. There you go. Uh, Dylan says you've discussed how triple threats are more difficult than singles. Did you have two opponents that made them easier or were they just all around more challenging? Well, you know what? When we did the tag team triple threat match, Edge and uh, Rey Mysterio and uh, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero versus Chris Benoit and myself, yeah, they made it easy. It was a lot of fun. That match was a lot of fun to do. You didn't have to remember as much because you had a tag team partner. It, it, it was uh, it, it was the easiest match I ever wrestled. There you go. All right, uh, three more questions here, Kurt. Bryant Haremza says. You have a match with The Undertaker on SmackDown in which he clearly taps out. How hard is it to get your timing down to make those pinfall tap outs be so close and happen at the same time? You just have to hope for the best. My God. <laughs> hey, we messed it up the first time. We had to do it a second time later on in the night. So, uh, you know, it shows how difficult it is. 
Dude, I felt bad for my buddy Mike Kyoto. I mean, he was lost. He was <laughs> looking know. over a triple. We were all over him. <laughs> oh, and the Mike. fans were pissed off at him too. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, Mike Kyoto. All right, uh, Bobby. He's up next. He says, "When did you have time? Uh, when did you have to start memorizing everything promo wise in WWE?" I did it from the beginning. You mean like uh, memorizing promos? Yeah, because like, you know, there for a while, they would let people freestyle, but now it's one of those things where now it's more than bullets. Like they, they want the guys to start really kind of memorizing their promos before they go out there. So, well, you know what I I did? I memorized most of my promos because I never practiced at doing promos and uh, I have a photographic memory. So if I read something a few times, I can say every single word that was on there. Oh, we're gonna have to have page. a game with Kurt Angle. I once did three tight pages, <laughs> a promo that was 20 minutes long, and they gave me 10 minutes. I was 10 minutes before the show started. I was starting out at the beginning of the show. I was gonna start the show, and they give me this three-page type promo and said, Memorize this, you have 10 minutes. I was like, Holy shit. So I had to I read it over three or four times, and I almost got all of it perfectly. But I was really close, but I got most of it. And I, I, you know, they were really impressed that I was able to do that. So I've always memorized promos from the beginning. I, I tell you what, the talent with Kurt Angle just seems to have no end. There's just no <laughs> I don't end know if that's it. talent or not. I oh, that's a skill, buddy. Memory, that's but. a skill. I mean, that's amazing. We'll have to challenge that one day, the Kurt Angle challenge. We'll, we'll do something <laughs> okay. fun. Joey, the Tori Amos guy says this is our final question did you know that this was probably going to be one if not the last time you wrestled the rock you know what the rock was so in and out you didn't know when he was coming actually the first time he left i didn't think he was coming back so every time he came back it was a pleasant surprise well listen speaking of uh some good times and, and wrestling some guys that uh my goodness we talked about right here on the show next year we're gonna skip ahead a full year we're going back to vengeance this time 2003 kurt it's another triple threat match your favorite but it's with two different guys it's with the beast brock lesnar and the big show, big show. <laughs> yeah man so that's going to be a good time and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there before we do get out of here this week though i want to remind all of you check out ad free shows i mentioned earlier that you can get a watch along there with john alba and kurt on that full match guys that's where you get all this bonus material kurt does ask uh, q a zooms uh, with our members we have a lot of other uh, stars and and wrestling personalities over there doing a lot of great things for our friends so check that out also Take a look. Physicallyfit.com, Kurt. That's where they can get all their chicken snacks. Angle Pod, 20% off. What do you got there, Kurt? We got now our chicken snacks and our Snack Smart Crispy Protein Bites. High protein, low carbohydrate, 11 different flavors. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Use the code AnglePod. You get 20% off your first order, or you can become a lifelong lifetime member signing up on the website, and you'll get 20% off for the rest of your life. All right. Very good. Kurt, I need more of you in my life. I mean, an hour a week is, is lovely, but, uh, I need cameos. I need t-shirts. <laughs> I need a lot more of you. And I, I can find that guess where you can find it too, listeners, Kurt Tell them what they can find. That's right. There. Cameo video messages, t-shirts, uh, autograph photos, birthday cards, cowboy hats. Uh, I got milk cartons. I got the whole ball of wax. Go to Kurt and order yours. And I will send it right back to you. For those that are watching video, I got my milk carton right here. It <laughs> says intelligence, integrity, and intensity. 
with Kurt Angle right they now. They have it in the wrong order. It's intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Who's working on this right. shit, dude? I mean, what's <laughs> going on here? This isn't the gold medal level of, of what we should have here, but it is called <laughs> Angle Milk. All right, so there you go. Check it all out over there. Wildcatbelts.com. Uh, again, two of those beautiful belts as Kurt does the twist and shout, pulls around. Oh, go ahead. You got your your, your buddy there. I need to get a stuffed Kurt Angle, by the way. Uh, I just, you know, I can use it. The slam buddy, the slam buddy. When you're getting on my nerves, I'll use it as like a voodoo doll and hit pins into it. But look (laughs) at that championship belt, brother, the hero, the American hero belt. I got one on the shelf behind me. Uh, check it out. Wildcatbelts.com Two left be on the short list of ones that own this amazing belt. What a tribute for the Olympic hero, Kurt angle. So check it out. And finally, as we've been pushing the entire time, you want to check us out live. You can do it. In Wisconsin, wrestling night at the park, Saturday, August 27th for the Timber Rattlers. Kurt Angle and myself will be there. Podcast at the plate. He's going to be there to answer all your questions prior to the game. He's going to throw out the first pitch. He's going to buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Uh, we're going to have a good time together. It all goes down in Appleton, Wisconsin. If you want to check out their website, go to schedules and promos. Scroll down to August 27th. Look for that beautiful blue-eyed bald man. No, not me, Kurt Angle, and you can check it out there. And, Kurt, I'm looking forward to that, brother. Me too. It'll be a lot of fun. Kurt, enjoy the Bahamas with your beautiful bride. I will. We're going to have so much fun. Thank you, Paul. I'm glad we got this out of the way today. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> hey, listen, I'm too. I didn't want to deal with Bahama shitter net. So we're good to go <laughs> on behalf of the Olympic gold medalist, Kurt angle. This is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you guys in a week. We'll find out all the juicy details of their tryst in the Bahamas right here on the Kurt angle show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.